Hello, friends, and welcome to Mind Your Own Retirement. It's the podcast from Your Life Choices, the website and e-newsletters. Go to yourlifechoices.com.au, and I have the publisher of Your Life Choices, Kay Fallick, in the studio right now. Hello, Kay. Hello, John. Again, we're in your office, and I can I just... Have a little look around. Last time I mentioned you had this fabulous little sign here, but I saw another one. Uh, Expect a miracle. A sign in your office, expect a miracle. Do you have to perform miracles putting together your life choices occasionally? No, I think, to be honest, the team put it together. They're the miracle workers. They are the miracle workers. I expect a miracle because you never know when one might turn up. Yeah, and and when you least expect it. I like that thought. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is Any good. moment now. And you have to be observant. And the thing I like about what you do when you travel, you're like me, you're a people watcher. I love people. but I'm I... never bored in the airport because I always like looking at people. I'm never bored anywhere, to be honest, yeah. John. Yeah. I mean... I've seen you nodding off here in the studio with me a few times. <laughs> Only when you're speaking. That's exactly right. <laughs> and for very good reason. For very good reason. No, it, it's fun to people watch, isn't it? I just like people and it's really interesting when I sat next to a man on a plane recently and he was 85 yep. and he was heading to London to watch the ashes, the Could test. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, do I want to talk to the person next to me? Yes, no, yes, no. Oh, whatever. I helped him fix his headphones or something and we spent the next two hours talking because he was so damn interesting. What was his profession? What did he, he came out to Australia at the end of World War Two from England. He'd been uh, in the Air Force, British Air Force, yeah. and met a wife, as, as you do. He became an engineer here and we spent so much time. He told me about so many inventions that Australians had invented yeah, yeah. that were then went offshore. Now, yeah. that's not a good thing, but he had worked for most of these companies wow. and the CSIRO. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and look, he was a cracker, interesting, connected man. I loved it. Most yeah. importantly, did you sign him up as a, one of our team on Your Life Choices? I didn't. No, why not? I know. I I don't like to jump on unsuspecting people. (laughs) Fair enough. Because there's so much to be to be had. If you're not uh, a signed up member, you should be because it's a fantastic uh, resource. I talked a lot about what we did and Mm. and how we went about it because obviously there was a connection with his uh, life stage. So what are we going to do today? Today we are lucky to speak to Hank because last week we spoke to him about compliance. This week we're going to find out how you get in touch with Centrelink. And Hank is the general manager of Centrelink and uh, a very knowledgeable man. He is the man who can help you work your way through the maze. He actually makes you feel... I think I can do this. A bit calmer. He, do, he does. He does. And uh, we're also. And where are we travelling to, Kay? Today we will travel to Ontario oh. with travel editor Leon. With those lovely Canadians, we love yes, Canadians. Love the Canadians. And then there's health. And. And a really interesting angle on uh, medicinal cannabis and a new documentary on how it can help people. Older people often with certain conditions. It's one of the big medical talking points and we'll be doing that with Nicholas Morley a bit later on. Stay with us, folks. This is Mind Your Own Retirement. 
Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement, the podcast from Your Life Choices. The place to go is yourlifechoices.com.au if you're not there already. We're uh, talking to a very important man. Hank from Centrelink is a subscriber of Your Life Choices and last week we were lucky enough to more properly understand the way the compliance rules work. What we touched on, John, but didn't explore was communication. Hello, Hank. Hi. So, Hank, I think it's fair to say Centrelink gets pretty bad press when it comes to um, call times or how many people are calling in. I believe over the past year that improved a lot, but um, maybe you can help us understand if people on a pension are a bit frustrated, how do how do they cut through and, and speak to someone? Sure. Look, it's no secret that our phone lines are busy and I acknowledge that contacting us at times can cause frustration. Let me just assure you we are doing everything we can to improve our phone service. Uh, there have been a lot of measures that we put in place internally, which means uh, that uh, there are less block calls, more people are getting through, uh, and uh, we also uh, have other measures in place to make sure people get to the person they need to mm. much more quickly. What, what are some of the best times to call? I mean, it, it's like, is it first up or late? Yeah, or? Look, it looked like... Most other organisations and companies, our busiest times are first thing on a Monday morning yes. and during the lunchtime rush. We're no different there to banks and other organisations. Yeah. My advice always is to get in early. We operate normal business times. The earlier you can get in in the morning, the more likely you are to get through. But look, there's other important avenues that I really encourage people to explore and to use. And one of those is, of course, going online. We know that a large majority of Australians own smartphone devices and people now actually expect the convenience of being able to connect online with businesses. Now, I know that people we're talking about, including me, I might add, are not so crash hot on smartphones because they're the size of the print. Um, we're big iPad users, which gives us the same outcome but on a bigger screen. What I always advise people to do is to open a MyGov account and link it to your Centrelink account and then better still connect to our Express Plus mobile apps. Ah. Because what it means, you can do a range of work. You can deal with us in the palm of your hand. Why would you want to join a phone queue if you just want to change your address? If you just want to request a new concession card, if you just want to view your payment history, submit documents. Submitting documents, the best way to do that, once you've set up your account, you can, you can take photos of documents and actually submit them to us uh, by uploading them through your smartphone or your iPad. You can report your income. So that's one avenue. The other thing for people that are working, and I was reminded of this only the other day, I was at a hospital, a woman recognised me, she was a nurse there, and uh, we were talking about Centrelink and I said, I know you're going to tell me about phones 
etc. And she said, no, no, no. She said, I report my earnings every fortnight through your phone self-service system. Ah. And I'd forgotten about that. And she said it took her three minutes every fortnight to report her earnings. So what's the phone self-service system? You can register... If you're not comfortable with computers, you can register for phone self-service and it means you just ring us on an automated number, 136240, and you just talk to a computer. You talk to an active, a voice-activated system and you update your earnings. So that's that's a good way perhaps for people who aren't confident with technology. So we appreciate yeah. that. That's a, a great idea. But can I just tell you about people not comfort, confident with technology? We're actually finding that people 50 plus are actually embracing technology. They want to know how to use it. They want to engage with us electronically. As I said, they do it on iPads, not on smartphones, but it's exactly the same. I was in Brisbane only uh, two weeks ago. I met a pensioner there, 91 years old. He was in our office with his iPad and we were connecting him up and he was determined to (laughs) use our online system. Isn't that fantastic? So, Hank, next question. Um, sometimes our members come to us and they're a bit confused because they've had a a question with Centrelink and they've received some advice and they've queried it. Um, and when they've gone back, they've had a different interpretation. If that happens, how does someone on a pension manage two different pieces of information? What do they do with that? Okay, the first thing I have to say, of course, is we put a lot lot of effort into training our staff and our staff do the best they can to ensure that we provide accurate information. The reality these days, however, is, and particularly for aged pensioners, the reality is they have much more complex financial affairs uh, than they have in the past. People have trusts, shares, investments, and complicated finances. And what we find is that often, if they're looking around for different answers, they're asking us different questions and don't include a key fact in one set to another. But having said that, um, what my advice is, firstly, of course, is go to our website. Our website is contains a wealth of information. But in addition to that, and this is something that people don't know much about, we provide an excellent service called the Financial Information Service. Now, it's a great place to start for people who want to make informed decisions about their current and future financial needs. Now, internally, we call them FIS, F-I-S, Financial Information Service. And what I suggest to people is... Either you go to FIS seminars, which are held regularly around the country, uh, and you can attend those to get information. Go to our website, humanservices.gov.au slash FIS, and you'll find information about those. But you can also make an appointment with a FISO, a Financial Information Service Officer. Of course, we use acronyms um, by ringing 132300, which is the normal retirement line. You can talk to a FISO 
over the phone, or better still, you can make an appointment to see a physio, and they will tell you what the impact of your investment choices will have on your future payments. That's great, Hank. We've um, we've certainly covered that, and um, it it is a very useful service. And and our last question: Some members uh, say that they members of Your Life Choices have informed us that they have waited months for a determination on their pension eligibility. What's the normal waiting time? Unfortunately, I don't straightforward answer for that because it really remember earlier I was talking about the complexity of some people's financial affairs it Mm -hmm. really depends on that what we're finding is we're having to spend much more time assessing people's claims and in addition to that often people don't provide us with all of the information we need and that means we've got to go back to people and get more information. But for us, the clock doesn't stop ticking. You know, if it takes you two weeks to get back to us, that's another two weeks of the processing time uh, that uh, is in place. Again, a couple of simple tips that I make for people. Firstly, you can claim up to 13 weeks before you reach age pension age. 13 weeks, I encourage you to do that. Currently, the age pension age is 66. Secondly, I'd urge you to lodge your claim on time. Uh, uh, Sorry, lodge your claim online. (laughs) On time Uh, and online. On time and online. Yeah, that's right. Look, if you lodge your claim online, it does a number of things. Firstly, the online claiming process is intuitive. So questions that don't apply to you don't appear and you don't have to answer them. Secondly, we'll pre-populate your claim with any other information that we already have because you've been in receipt of other payments and you just have to confirm and update that. You can upload supporting documents. The system will tell you what documents you need, which is really important. It'll tell you if you're partway through the claim if you're not eligible. Um, A lot of our time is spent on assessing claims that have been lodged where people actually aren't eligible. So the online uh, application process is is the best way to go. Um, Of course, paper claims are still available, but you'll just find it so much easier to do it online. And as I said, do it 13 weeks before you reach age pension age. Oh, look, uh, the other important thing is give us all the documents we ask for. We need to prove your identity. We need to prove details of your income and assets Mm. because what are we doing? We're putting you on a long-term payment, which means we have to be thorough in ensuring that we've got all of the information we need. Hank, what was the last compliment you got? The last compliment... (laughs) Because everyone's always down on Centrelink. When was the last time someone said something positive about Centrelink? Can I just say that if people are lost in the system, I say to people, write to me direct. My email address is hank at humanservices.gov.au. Also, I have an official uh, Facebook site, Hank Jongen, J-O-N-G-E-N. It's not me with my dog. That's my private Facebook site. The other one is my official one. Now, that's where I get my compliments. I get compliments every day. 
you know, it's so easy to come down on us, but every day we perform miracles for people that are in distress. Hank, thank you so much, and I hope you continue to get many more compliments as well. And we will we will link across to your Facebook page. So, Hank, when this podcast goes up on our Facebook page, we will link across to you so people can get to know you and know that you are worthy of compliments. <laughs> Thank you. It's not me. It's the people <laughs> and your team. Yeah, absolutely, Hank. Thank you so much. Uh, We do appreciate uh, your generous uh, offering of time to speak to us on Mind Your Own Retirement. Anytime. Folks, I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, this is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pension payments and supplements. It's very well priced at just $29.95 per year. Visit pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement with Kay Fallick is, uh, of course, the publisher of said magazine, and that is Your Life Choices with me, John Deeks. And on the line, we have uh, Nicholas Morley. Nicholas, welcome to you. Hey, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me on today. You're the creative director of Mambo, a fashion guru, uh, a Buddhist punk, uh, a Buddhist <laughs> punk and, and a medicinal cannabis advocate. Now, mate, this is a uh, an issue that has become so much more to the forefront in the last couple of years. Where do we actually stand with medical cannabis being available to Australians? Uh, good question. Well, we're sort of in limbo at the moment. I mean, the government's made it They've made it uh, slightly accessible to certain people with certain conditions, but in no way have they uh, have they sort of got us to where we really need to be. Where do you really need to be? Well, I think people, I think anyone that wants to use it or try it should have access to it, and that's definitely not the case at the moment. Why? Uh, because the government hasn't worked out how they can make enough money out of it, I think is probably the first concern. I think there's, there's probably a public safety concern, which is... Uh, there because of old uh, old belief systems around the plant. Right. And you have just uh, done a fabulous documentary. Yeah. I was the subject of the documentary. Tell me about that uh, documentary. It's a film about um, the daily lives of myself uh, and uh, a gentleman called Luke. And it's basically a sort of a study on us and what we do. And what we do is we provide high quality medicinal cannabis to uh, to people that need it and that people that either can't afford to go through the government system or would not be accepted in the government system. So this is covered, just to name the documentary, in green light, Nicholas, and it came about because of your own personal experience watching someone suffer? What, what, my interest in in medicinal cannabis, you mean? Yes, yeah. Yeah, actually... um, the first time I heard about medicinal cannabis was a um, a girlfriend of mine who was actually a woman that I used to do her hair and makeup back in the days when I was still doing makeup, and that was Chrissy Amphlett from the Divinals. And Chrissy was very sick with cancer in New York, and I used to speak to her weekly, and she told me that she had this American Indian woman that used to come around and bring her cannabis oil, which really helped her with all the symptoms and all the 
all the side effects that she was going through with her chemotherapy. Mm. So that was the first time I knew about it. And then what happened was I moved to Byron Bay from, I, I was living in Bali and then I did a year in Sydney and then moved to Byron. And when I moved to Byron, I was, I was very depressed. I'd sort of come through a really bad breakup and wasn't doing very well at all. And uh, I met Luke and Luke, uh, Luke put me onto CBD. And CBD really sort of helped me with my depression. What is CBD? Cannabidiol. And that is a? Cannabis oil? It's a cannabis oil, yeah. Okay. So the, two main, the two main cannabis oils are, are CBD and THC. So CBD is the non-psychoactive one, which is actually really great for depression. So that's why I started taking it, and it really helped me with my, uh, with my depression. And uh, I said to Luke, my God, this stuff's incredible. Like, we've got to get this out there. And he said, well, help me. So that's what I did. And where are you in your, uh, your quest? Well, I've got about 1,300 people that I'm supplying, and I don't know how many Luke's got, but I'd say it'd be a few more than that. So are you at um, risk in doing this, Nicholas? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I think sometimes in life you've got to weigh up the risks, you know? Like, I, f- I feel like I'd be a criminal if I wasn't helping people knowing what I know. And older Australians, what kind of conditions specific to people as they age are assisted by cannabis in in your knowledge? Okay. Well, in my knowledge and my experience, I'd say about more than half of the uh, more than half the people that I look after uh, would be over the age of sort of fifty five or sixty, going all the way up into their nineties, and they're using it for a whole different. Oh, sorry, a whole lot of different conditions. Well, I'd say the main one would be uh, arthritis and mm. chronic inflammation of the system, yeah. which it's incredible for. Yeah. Um, but mainly pain, and then also it's really effective in palliative care as well. And, and depression, as you said, has helped you. Sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, definitely, it definitely helps with that. Look, it cheers people up, but the big one is arthritis, you know, and... Cannabidiol or CBD works brilliantly, uh, both internally and topically. Nicholas, uh, where, where can people see Green Light? Is it, is it on the ABC? Is it on SBS? Where is it? It's uh, on, online. The, yeah, no, it's not online yet, but it will be soon. The best place to, to find out is to go to greenlightmovie.com. Right. Um, it's going to have all the, all the screening information and it's also going to be, uh, I think eventually there'll be a, uh, a, a system there where you can go online and you can pay to watch. It'll be a pay-per-view thing. And there's a trailer, I believe, Nicholas, that we can link to so people can have a quick look at the flavour of the documentary and the kind of information you're covering. Yeah, there is. It's a trailer at greenlightmovie.com. Nicholas, thank you so much for giving up your time to speak to us today. We do appreciate it. And uh, good luck in your quest. Thank you. And look, if any of your listeners want to get hold of me, my website is greenlighthealth.com.au. Nicholas, thank you so much. Thank you, Nicholas. Thanks, guys. You have a lovely day. Nicholas Morley, a cannabis renegade and one who is uh, trying very desperately to... And it's just crazy, Kay, isn't it, that there's this uh, discussion. Everybody seems to be just a little bit dancing around it, aren't they? I'm, I'm a bit of a cynic or, or a bit sceptical here. I think Nicholas is onto something when he suggests that maybe a government would want to manage this yeah, and yeah. and whatever, tax it or 
make it institutionalised. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. We're going to go travelling in just a moment with Leon. I think we're off to Canada. So I, Goodness me. Well, there you go. You never know where you're going to end up on this particular podcast. Mind your own retirement. It continues after this. Welcome back. It is Mind Your Own Retirement, Your Life Choices website and e-newsletters. It can be found at yourlifechoices.com.au. Uh, Kay Fallick is here and uh, we're joined by travel editor Leon the Travel Man. Hello, Leon. Afternoon, John. How are you? Nice to see you in Australia. Yes, it's nice to be here. Well, and where are we off to this time? Uh, well, I've just been to Canada. So, Have you uh, now? Yeah, yeah. Is that what happened to you here? <laughs> What happened, mate? It's hair for radio, John. It's hair fantastic for hair for. I'm just happy. I'm, I'm just jealous you got hair. <laughs> oh, well, tell that's you what. why I do this to distract from the fact that it's. Because yeah. normally we have you on the phone. I get to see you in person. He's a handsome looking brute, isn't he? Is this a loving? Yeah, it could be too. A bit of bromance going on. <laughs> My hands oh, are God. above the table. <laughs> now, didn't you tell us you went to uh, Gander? Or was it Kay, you went to Gander? No, no. Somebody I went, went to Gander. To, nobody went to Gander, oh, no, John. I to Gander. Just oh, sorry. pull it back in I there, took a mate. Gander at Canada. Oh, we... There you go. Tell me about uh, Canada and Ontario. Yeah, I did a, uh, a couple of weeks in Ontario um, visiting Toronto first. It's a great city, Toronto. Um, spent some time hanging around the cool neighbourhoods of Toronto. Yeah. And um, one, one such neighbourhood was Kensington Market, which I, I really loved. But... First, I'll tell you how I found about this place. I did a little bike tour. Instead of doing the hop-on, hop-off bus, sure. I did a, a bike tour with a lovely young lady named Victoria at Fitz and Folwell, and she showed me all the really cool neighbourhoods and, and little sites and landmarks. Victoria and, uh, at what? Uh, the, the, com- and- the company was called Fitz and Folwell. Just- uh, is, that a, is that for skincare? No, what is it? For bike tours. Oh, it's bike tours. Okay. Yeah. I, did, I wasn't sure. Okay. <laughs> Leon, can we wind back yes. uh, for the benefit of our members who haven't visited Canada? Where is Ontario? Uh, it's uh, just above, say, New York, um, across the border, of course. That helps. Uh, yeah, on Lake Ontario. Uh, it's hu- a huge. It's an inland sea. I mean, they sail huge tankers and, yeah, and freight absolutely. ships down there. Um, Is that where they speak French a lot more? No, no, that's up in Quebec and Montreal okay. and around that, that area. I mean, right. they still do speak some uh, French in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I mean, right through Canada, really. Second but, language. Yeah, yeah. official. Yeah. And, and there are many schools over there that only speak French. Mm. They're, they're French-speaking schools. But the further east you go, the, the more... French, if you will, influence they seem yeah, to be. Yeah, I would say that, yeah. The, they were seeking independence, I think, from the rest at some stage, yeah, weren't they? Canada, it's, it's got a funny history, actually. Uh, the Americans tried to invade it twice and lost both times. So that, that's, this year? that's two, Take two that. Canada, nothing America. <laughs> was wow. that Mr Trump or yeah. was that someone else? <laughs> no, a, a lot of the locals did joke that the way the border works, the border runs straight through the, the water. So um, many of them won't be surprised if a wall does go up at some stage. But, <laughs> but they often joke that Canada will be the ones who have to pay for it. Oh, yeah, probably right too. Now, when's the best time to go? When you were there? Uh, when I was there, look, September's fantastic. Uh, just after Labor Day, which is the first Monday in September, um, it's when it starts to quieten down a bit, but the weather's still really good. I mean, I was there, it was 23, 24, 27, um, oh, but still sort of cool. Yeah, maybe, a, maybe a little bit humid a couple of days, but, you know, fantastic weather. Um, the trees are just starting to turn. The week I was there, um, 
the, the trees were just starting to turn. So I got to see a hint of those reds and oranges that mm. Canada's uh, fall. So, our, so our apart from the bike ride, uh, what else? So I did. A, I spent a lot of time around Toronto doing what the locals do, mm. um, chatting to a lot of uh, a lot of the locals and finding out what they do. Sort of seeing the Canada that's not on the brochure. Yeah. Well, the Toronto that's not on the brochure, and that was fantastic. I had a ball. A couple of neighbourhoods to mention off the top would be the Annex, which is sort of the university neighbourhood. Lots of cool old secondhand bookshops and cafes and bars and. Uh, record stores, live music in the area as well was great. Um, I took a chance to visit Greektown one night and saw a saw a live concert there at the Danforth Music Hall, which mm-hmm. is a very famous, famous sort of, yeah. um, theatre there. Um, Kensington Market, that was my pick of Toronto. Fantastic spot, old uh, counterculture town, um, started by Jewish migrants back in the day. They used to set up shop in front of their houses and they had this great little community where they would all trade with each other because, of course, back then, you know, um, they were they were sort of seen as pariahs. Yeah. Um, but obviously uh, they turned that little neighbourhood into something very desirable. Um, so that's been gentrified as well. Not quite saying. yet. Um, it's still a bit edgy. It's still funky. It's still edgy. Um, it's Which funny that in the 60s, that's where all the uh, American soldiers running across the border, the oh, draft dodgers, okay. they all sort of congregated oh, that's there. very cool. <laughs> so it became a bit of a counterculture area, still very much like that. And, of course, now that cannabis has been uh, legalised in Canada, it's kind of like walking back in time when you go to yeah. Kensington Market. There are all these thrift shops and vintage clothes shops and record stores and bars and cafes and then the smell, <laughs> smell of cannabis Sounds everywhere. Like San Francisco in the late 60s, early 70s. Absolutely. Very laid back, very cruisy, a top spot to visit for the day. And, you know, it, it, the baby boomers built that town mm. um, and a lot of them are still there. Uh, just they so love it. They're not leaving. Leon, moving out of Toronto, um, you told me you found the real Canada can you just share with us? You got in a car, I believe. And I did, yeah. I did a I did a, a, a couple of days in Niagara first, and did the wineries, and it's very touristy there. Fantastic spot. Definitely put it on your on your agenda. The Canadian Niagara. The Canadian Niagara, which okay. is the good side, and that's Whoa. not because I'm biased. It just is. The mm. best views are mm. from Canada of the falls. The Americans kind of get stitched up on the views. Um, the nightlife around there, it, it was great. The winery region, fantastic. Some good wines, um, great vineyards, really good people. But moving away from Niagara, I went sort of a little bit further northeast up to a little town called Gananoque. Um, as the locals say, there's the right way, the wrong way, and then the Gananoque. That's where I found the real Canada, the Why? real what, Canadians. What, what made it the real Canada? Look, the people there were just... <sighs> How do I explain this? Canada has a reputation for helping a brother out. Mm. Um, They're the polite Americans. They are. And that's where I found real people. Um, They were just so lovely. The first night I was there, I did a trivia night. And the guy who runs the trivia night had done well in an IT company, sold up and semi-retired. And he just goes around playing music at all the local venues and doing these trivia nights, donating all of the proceeds of these trivia nights to a whole range of charities. Mm. Um, women's shelters, homeless children. Um, they've taken on board, the community has taken on board a group of Syrian refugees and pretty much funded oh. their their setup and everything like that. Um, I met a, an artist there who set one of the this uh, Syrian artist up, f- phenomenal artist, giving him studio space and she sort of 
um, brought him up and now he's sort of off to Toronto to make his name over there. Um, a little family who does um, some great food, which I sampled at the little farmer's market, which was on at the night, uh, on the Thursday night. So how long were you in that area for? So I was there for four nights, could have stayed for much longer. So how do folks, obviously they're not going to make uh, it their end destination, but Ontario incorporated into how would you suggest a good tour so the region around there is the thousand islands there's 1800 islands on the st lawrence river and gananoque is known as the gateway to the thousand islands um you could set yourself up in gananoque and visit all of the islands there's rockport close by there's um a whole bunch of other little towns that are Mm. sort of set up all the way along the st lawrence there's also a good wine region uh, in the area there the name escapes me off the top of my head right now. Um, you know, you can drive three hours out of the major cities in Canada and find yourself in these great little towns, these regional sort of um, uh, towns where there's... I mean, there's only 5,200 living in Gananoque, yeah. but they've got everything you need. Great little strip of uh, shops that have been there for <laughs> 150, 200 years old when they still made buildings out of brick and stone, you know. And driving's easy in Canada. Driving's I think it's easy. fair to say it may be the wrong side of the road, yeah. but there's very little traffic compared to here. Mm. And it's affordable, I think, fuel wise, yeah. if you get the right car. So people really shouldn't be afraid of self driving. No, and like, I would say Canadians are among the most courteous drivers in the world. They're yeah. so, I mean, they, they there is no polite. horn honking. Yeah. They understand that um, there might be some tourists on the road. Mm. Um, But, look, I found them incredibly courteous. Uh, Traffic rules are pretty easy to understand. There's like ten things you need to know and they're all pretty obvious, really. This is the question I always like to ask you. Where are you going next? Oh, I'm going to stick around for a little while, I think. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> are you going to come in and work at, at your desk? Someone's got to do it, Kate. Oh, Leon. <laughs> Leon, thank you for giving us your uh, adventures of uh, Ontario and surrounds, and I guess you'll be putting that all up on uh, yourlifechoices.com.au as well. Absolutely, John. Some pictures. And Some pictures as well. I've got about a 1,000 of them. You travelled as a guest of? Of Destination Canada, of Niagara Falls Tourism, and of Thousand Islands Tourism. Thank you so much, and I love their dressing. Yes, I'll give you the recipe. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Leon, best to you. Take care, my friend. Thanks, John. You too. Kay, Thanks, we're going to uh, have a little nugget to we're, leave us with. We're going to crack on with a nugget, and we talked to Nicholas about cannabis. Yes. And Leon seems to have found it necessary to mention cannabis, and it's recently, I believe, been legalised in the ACT for medicinal purposes. So on the plane back from Rome, I watched a documentary on Woodstock, Peace and Love. I'm laughing because John's decided to roll something up and smoke it. No, I, I'm I think it's my okay, profit you, and loss report. You, <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it tastes terrible. But you're not, yeah, it's, it's a bit nasty. So... Woodstock, when was it? What happened? 1969. Here's the thing about cannabis. 400,000 young people went to the Catskill Mountains. Mm -hmm. Of the 400,000 people who went, and bear in mind over three days it rained, they didn't have enough toilets, there wasn't enough food, there's a lot of pressure. Plenty of cannabis. 80 people were arrested, which is 0.00002%. Did you get off? And (laughs) 
I wasn't old enough. <laughs> and of those, there were no marijuana smokers who were the majority of the crowd. There were none who were arrested at Woodstock. So peace and love, baby. That's peace all I've got to love. say. <laughs> Absolutely. And mind your own retirement. We'll return. Kay Valick, thank you so much indeed. John, what fun. Well, lots of fun. Uh, we'll be back with our next podcast before you know it, folks. To know more, if you're not there already, go to yourlifechoices.com.au. And thank you for being part of Mind Your Own Retirement. Mind your own retirement.